Welcome to Tech Under the Sun. I'm glad that you can join me on episode four. And uh, first off, I'd like to thank you for all the folks tuning in on SoundCloud. Again, we are going to be premiering in a few weeks on iTunes uh, around maybe, I'm thinking maybe episode six or episode seven. So for all the, all the folks listening out there in podcast land, Thank you. Thank you so much. Matter of fact, while I'm talking about podcasts, I just want to go in and just tell you how much I appreciate the medium. So um, the first podcast that I ever listened to uh, was back in 2006, and it was Vinny and these guys from the, the Video Game Jocks podcast. And, and I listened to this podcast for years. Matter of fact, back then I had to download their actual podcast onto my Mac, and then from the Mac, transfer it over to the MP3 player. But to me, I, I, I loved it, because they would always talk about um, uh, different video games, and, and it, was just, it was just, it was like the man's man's podcast, and I like it. So video, I, special shout out to them, uh, Video Game Jocks. So they actually, um, it was actually listening to their podcast it gave me the idea to start my own and and actually their show is still going on right now and um and yeah i I highly recommend it so so that's that's that was my first podcast i ever listened to religiously uh the video game jocks podcast excellent podcast funny as heck yeah so uh for this episode i am going to be going over a uh an article that was recently published on Hype Orlando and, and on the front page of OrlandoSentinel.com. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But for the most part... Let's get right into Cord Cutter's Paradise. So, cord cutting. What is cord cutting? Cord cutting pretty much is when you decide, you know what, I'm going to cancel my cable and seek alternative methods to watch my favorite content. So I'll give you an idea. Um, Say you cancel cable because you find more value in subscribing to Netflix or Hulu. You're a cord cutter, all right? And for some folks, there's different folks that have different reasons for why they decide they want to cancel cable. Most of the people that I know, and personally myself, just decided that for whatever reason, they just didn't see the price being justified, right? So you come home from work, you got a few of your favorite channels that you watch, and, and that's it, right? Whether it's going to be, you know, you're going to watch your, your, your news programs, whether it's Fox News or CNN or, or whatnot, and then you're going to have your, maybe your, your um, history channel, Maybe you might even watch, you know, Discover, uh, Discovery Channel, um, maybe a little bit of MTV, and that's about it, right? So say that's you, that's, that's your profile, that's what you like to watch. So then uh, you, you got in front of you, right, access to hundreds of other channels, right? So the theory behind this is that, okay, you're paying a certain amount of money a month, and you barely even watch any of these channels that you see out there okay so um what if you were just able to just focus or or able to subscribe to maybe one or two particular channels right like say if you only wanted maybe one maybe discovery maybe you only you were only a a history channel buff right 
So regardless, you're still gonna have to pay all that money, your monthly fee. So that's just to give you an idea of what cord cutting is, all right? And that's being able to cancel your current cable um, provider because you wanna maybe stream content over the internet. Times have changed. It's no longer the 90s. It's no longer the 80s, right? And people are now accessing content uh, through different routes. They're no longer watching their favorite show using cable television. Matter of fact, they're watching their favorite show online, right? Whether they pay for it or they don't, right? So, so cord cutting in essence is, is being able to cancel cable, right? because you no longer require it to see your favorite shows, right? Say you're the busy mom, you know, 30, 40 plus years, uh, you just, you know, maybe there's one particular network that you watch all the time or one particular show, and, and that's really all you got time for. You gotta cook dinner, right? You gotta make sure that the house is in order and you just don't have time to sit there and watch all these channels. So maybe cord cutting would be a great alternative for you. So what are you gonna need? What are you gonna do, right? Okay, so um, nowadays you're gonna see that there's a lot of DVD players, even a lot of the newer TVs already have uh, applications installed in them, right? That would allow you to, to stream content online. So if your DVD player or your television player, or if you have access to Netflix, that alone would do it, okay? So now um, you have Netflix, you have uh, Hulu, right? Hulu's another one. Uh, Netflix, I find it better for movies, and then Hulu, I find it better for shows. But in theory, if, if you have Hulu and you have Netflix, in theory, you don't really need cable because a lot of the shows that are available on cable television you can get it on the Roku. Um, you can get it on the Netflix, excuse me. Let me back up a little bit. You can get it on Netflix. You can get it on Hulu. Um, there's a couple apps out there. There's Voodoo. I think that's an app from Walmart. So all of these movies, right, and all of these shows, you now, uh, you're able to now stream it online without the need of having a, a cable subscription, okay? So uh, times have changed. Folks now are going to or are interested in watching their content over the internet, right? Using apps like Netflix, like Hulu, like Vudu, um, rather than subscribing to a cable carrier. Now, there's a flip side to this, right? Um, the, the, there's, a, there's a different view on it when you look at the economics of it, right? So, um, because some of the, the, some of the apps or services out there like Vudu, like Amazon, for example, charge you per episode, in some cases, it might actually be more cost-effective to keep cable television, right? So if you're, if for an example, I'll use Walking Dead, right? We just watched the latest episode of Walking Dead. My girl, she loves that show, makes me watch it with her. So uh, she actually ended up paying for that episode using Vudu, right? So if you're the type that you notice that most of your shows are not going to be available on Netflix or Hulu, but instead they're going to be on a service like Amazon or Vudu, where you have to pay per episode maybe $1.99, 
and then you're finding out that all your favorite shows, you're having to pay $1.99 for this one, for this one, for this one, before you, you know it, you're paying 50, 60 bucks, right, per month in episode fees, right? Uh, like, say you wanted to catch the latest episode of Breaking Bad, or, or, or maybe you want to get caught up, right? So you end up having to pay per episode. In that case, maybe cable is for you right i am i'm a hybrid of that right so we pay what was it like 9.99 around 9.99 for netflix um uh hulu uh so between netflix and hulu we probably pay less than 20 bucks per month right and then occasionally we'll use voodoo or amazon to catch our favorite episodes of i'll give you an example survivor i'm a big fan of survivor uh, big fan of Amazing Race, but some of these shows, they're not available on Netflix, they're not available on Hulu, so we end up having to pay per episode, but even when you take that into account, uh, paying $1.99 per episode, at least in my particular case, my overall bill, regardless, comes up with, even with Netflix and Hulu, paying no more than, what, 30 bucks, right? Maybe 30 something, the most, and even, even, and even at that, right so when when you look at that cost and you versus that versus what the average person is paying for cable i'm still saving a lot of money and again um going back to uh episode uh episode two you know i just that's just my that's my lifestyle that's just the way it is and it's just that on-demand lifestyle it's the millennials it's just it's just the way life is in 2015 right some folks just can't don't have that luxury to do that so what are you gonna need? You're gonna need some equipment, right? So unless your television or your DVD player is already installed with this, the easiest way is to get um, a device, a streaming media player, like a Roku. Um, you can get one from Google, the Chromecast, I think is still around uh, the $30, $35 price point. Um, sometimes you'll see specials for 25 bucks. There's the Apple TV, I think, um, is still retailing around $99, and then the Fire TV from Amazon, right? So um, the Roku and the, Chrome, and the Chromecast you're gonna find are probably gonna be the more lower cost models. Uh, if you uh, listen to episode two, you'll know that I've been using the Roku for a couple years, so I can vouch for them. Love it, there's a lot of content, a lot of free content, like three, 400 plus channels on there now. Um, everything from video games to, you know, apps for Netflix, Hulu, even Angry Birds, HBO Go, and and I, I love the Roku. You know, it, it fits my lifestyle, right? Um, also comes with a handy dandy remote. I thought that was pretty awesome. But um, you know, Chromecast, Apple TV, and Fire TV, all of these, all of these platforms, all offer similar apps. Like I, I could, I'm could almost guarantee that all of them all have Netflix, all of them have Hulu, and all of them probably have Vudu. Right now. Let me um, go ahead and talk about Sling TV. Now, Sling TV is a is a new offering from Dish, and um, and I actually had a chance to play with it today. And so the cost model for Sling TV, right? It's it's an alternative, I guess you could say, for Netflix and Hulu, right? Um, Sling TV for twenty bucks a month, you pay Dish twenty bucks a month, and over the internet, using you know, for example, the Roku or one of these devices. You're able to get streaming TV. It's almost like cable television, right? Um, let me see. There's the channels included with Sling TV are ESPN, ESPN TV, TNT, TBS. You get the Food Network. You got HGTV. You got Cartoon Network. 
Disney Channel, uh, there's make a channel there for Maker Studio. For those familiar with the epic rap battles, you'll you'll be familiar with uh, some of their content. And they're in talks now to possibly sign up AMC. It's a great. I, here's the thing: if if you're coming from cable and you want more or less that cable feel, then Sling TV is probably the way to go. I like it. I was playing with it, and and it's about the closest that I that 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 feels. It's the closest thing you're going to get to cable TV on like a Roku, right? And it's from Dish Network. It's 20 bucks, And I'm doing a seven-day trial. Let me tell you why I, I'm not that impressed so far. It's because all the channels that, that, the, that they have on their lineup doesn't really, per se, um, spark a, a fire in me. You know, I'm not that crazy about them. If they get AMC on board, yeah, you know what? You know what? It's probably, in my opinion... It's going to be worth it. The reason why I can't justify going past, you know, the seven-day free trial is because I already have Hulu. I already have Netflix. And and that provides all the content for me. But I like it. Say if I didn't have Netflix and I didn't have Hulu and say I was going to buy this for my grandmother, then I'd probably probably get her the, the Sling app on the Roku because that would be perfect. And that she'd probably feel more comfortable. That'd be a little bit more native to her. Um, also, there's a couple big heavyweights that are out there uh, that are planning to enter this scene. Uh, HBO, uh, CBS, and, and these are two companies that are looking to pretty much get into this market and provide streaming content, right? The one thing that I did like about Sling TV, why why I felt it was, it felt more like a, a cable type feeling is because the content that's there is streaming, Right. Whether they have an, an option for on demand content, you know, just the fact that you can go on Sling TV and it's streaming content. It feels like it's live TV and it is live TV when you're looking at ESPN and, and sports and, and so forth. That's live. So, um, yeah. So Sling TV would be kind of like that. No, hassle, you know, that no hassle type of um, application. So, I mean, I would recommend it, but if you have, I would recommend you at least checking it out because you might like it. And especially if you're a sports head, I'm a sports head. So to me, the only thing valuable to me, um, it, just personally, in my opinion, was the ESPN and ESPN TV uh, channels on Sling TV. So that alone right there was was pretty awesome, right? But is it is it worth paying $20 a month? Um I don't know, and only time will tell. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that you might end up feeling a little bit like me, kind of like, mm, man, it's pretty cool. I like it. I think it's pretty genius. But if you already have uh, Netflix and Hulu, and you're, you know, one of your your typical cord cutters that you're looking to cut back on costs, then you might not feel that thrilled about Sling TV. Otherwise, if you don't have those two, I think that you're going to like it. You're going to like it. It's probably going to be worth the $20 a month. Heck, you got Disney Channel for the kids. And and you know what? I'm probably going to do a, a update on this a couple episodes down. So I'm still tinkering with it. And um, yeah, so, so if you want a cord cut, you know, the easiest way is to get, uh, you know, a Roku, a Chromecast, an Apple TV, Fire Stick. Um, there's a couple other uh, devices out there that allow you to stream media over the internet, what they call IPTV, right? So, um, yeah, uh, when HBO comes to play, I mean, that's that's going to be a disruptor because, you know, everybody knows, right, and for years everybody's been, uh, been talking about this. HBO has a big content lineup. They have award-winning shows. So 
how that's going to work, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, HBO comes to market, depends on the price point. If they try to come out with um, a price point of like $9.99 a month, ah, yeah. this is just my opinion. It's not going to get that far, or at least they're not going to get that much market share when you compare it to Netflix or Hulu because, okay, so now me you know, being, you know, your typical consumer, right? Um, now I'm going to be paying maybe close to 20 bucks for just Hulu and Netflix, right? For the Cord Cutters uh, 101, those are probably going to be your two mandatory channels, right? Or your two mandatory apps. You're going to need Netflix and Hulu. But if HBO comes along, I'm, I'm going to want to try HBO out, right? But it just depends on the price point. A sweet spot would be $4.99 a month. I could justify HBO, especially if it's streaming too. Kind of, kind of gives you that old classic feeling. So if HBO can do it four ninety nine a month, heck, sign me up. If HBO comes out at nine ninety nine a month, ah oh man, I don't know what to tell you. But good luck. I don't see you getting that big of a ROI on it. I could be wrong, but I feel it like you guys should go go towards the path of least resistance possibly even add that on as a lineup for sling tv if hbo and dish right and sling tv join forces that that would be a threat <laughs> that would definitely uh keep netflix and hulu on on their toes yeah so but that's that's what i would recommend to hbo folks if you're listening to this podcast uh yeah reach out to the sling folks um, and if that sling price point could could uh, hit, um, you know, stay around nineteen ninety nine with HBO, done. It's a wrap. Netflix and Hulu, be careful, be on the watch out because if Sling TV does offer HBO or even Showtime, right, um, you guys are in trouble because then wow, like how do you compare against that? So Sling folks, Dish folks, if you're listening to this podcast, if you were to get AMC right and hbo on board and maybe one or two you know channels like maybe history channel or even if this you know i'm just a nerd like that but just you know a couple of the more popular channels it's a wrap you guys are going to probably end up in the long run possibly gaining um big market share whether you're going to be able to knock netflix uh or hulu off um you know off the chair i don't know only time will tell but you have better chances if you, you know, add some more, um, you know, awesome content, you know, like an HBO or a Showtime or, or something like that. So, so yeah, so cord cutters, have fun. Um, feel free to comment below. And let's move on to the next part. You are listening to Tech Under the Sun. Ten awesome Kickstarter campaigns you need to check out as published on Hype Orlando, January 2015. Kickstarter is a fascinating website, and if you're not familiar with the term crowdfunding, then you ought to get familiar with it. Crowdfunding pretty much means being funded from the crowd when a person is seeking an investment. Rather than going to a bank or a traditional or getting or securing a traditional loan, a person can actually go to the internet and ask the crowd for investment funds. Now, instead of having to repay the loan using cash, um, the crowd in turn 
ask for you to pay them back in perks, or you can tell the crowd that you're going to pay them back with perks. Perks could be anything from a t-shirt, you know, donate $10 to this uh, campaign, and in return, I'm going to send you a, you know, a copy of um, my latest uh, soundtrack, or, or a, maybe a hat, or a, or a t-shirt, but a perk, something for something, right? So for an example, if I wanted to start a kick starter campaign for my new podcast for every ten dollars a person donates to the campaign they will get a t-shirt back in return now the crowdfunding industry has really taken off in the last few years and it allows the average inventor who lacks the financial resources to bring a product to market to get financial backing from the crowd in the past many investors lacked the resources available to bring a good idea to market up until recently so, me being a tech buff, I decided recently to take a look at some of the more recent Kickstarter campaigns that really fascinated me. And here are my top 10 awesome Kickstarter campaigns that I ran into recently. And feel free to comment and check them out, you know. And of course, if you want a visual guide for this, feel free to visit the blog on HypeOrlando.com. Number one, print. Now, in short, print promises to turn your smartphone into a Polaroid-type device that would allow you to print out photos with an attachable device. It has some augmented, augmented reality capabilities that may have a lot of use in different industries. Think about possibly like a Polaroid attachment to your iPhone, and that's print, a P-R-Y-N-T. Number two, Neo, the thinking remote. Neo is a clever home automation system that may be able to help you control a lot of the different devices in your home. The Neo consists of a brain and a remote and might bring a SCADA solution in the hands of the average consumer. SCADA uh, is an acronym for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Although nowadays you'll see SCADA all around us, 10, 15 years ago it was uh, it's very revolutionary, especially being able to um, control something remotely using, say, wireless data or cellular data, all right? So that's what SCADA is, is being able to remotely control something. Um, telemetry is the ability to gather and send, well, gather information from a device that's remote, right? So whenever you hear these terms, um, you know, thrown around, that's what they mean. SCADA is being able to pretty much control something remotely, right? Like, uh, say, a water meter on the other side of the state, you're able to get water temperatures and whatnot. Um, and say, if you have to open up a drain or something, you can do that using SCADA. Telemetry would be just simply being able to um, get that data and being able to, to uh, pretty much, yeah, get data remotely, all right? So, number three, QuirkBot. QuirkBot, make your own robots with drinking straws. Imagine being able to create a robot using straws as limbs. The maker of the QuirkBot needs your assistance to bring this device to market and help finish the software that they are writing to go with it, all right? When you look at the QuirkBot campaign, um, you'll see that pretty much it's a, it looks like a core and kids are pretty much being able to build like, you know, spider looking robots using drinking straws. So that's QuirkBot. Number four, the useless can. Now I chose the useless can because the premise behind it as well as the marketing aspect of it intrigued me. From what I understand, this one has created a buzz in the geek world. 
I don't know what the useless can is for. It looks awesome. And it looks like something that I just want to tinker around with. You know, I'm being honest. <laughs> Number five, Big Skinny. Big Skinny is a wallet with a with new RFID blocking technology that appears to be one of the world's thinnest wallets, right? So this wallet will be able to shield your RFID enabled uh, debit credit or smart cards from, from uh, transmitting data or transmitting information. Number six, Crystal Wash 2.0. Now I chose Crystal Wash 2.0 as an ode to my older sister Milo and my two awesome nephews who are allergic to certain types of laundry detergents. Now it can last up to a thousand loads of laundry, but one remarkable feature I like is that it can naturally clean your laundry using technology called bioceramics. All right. Number seven, the, uh, the key mouse. The keyboard and mouse reinvented. You guys just have to see the picture of it. <laughs> Enough said. It's like a, a keyboard and a mouse just morphed into one. Yeah, the key mouse. That's awesome. Why didn't anybody think of that before? <laughs> Fishbit, your aquarium made simple. It's a beta release. Now, Fishbit can allow me to monitor my fish tank when I'm on vacation uh, in the Bahamas or in Mexico somewhere. It mixes a tad bit of telemetry uh, mixed with SCADA to provide a solution to the on-the-go professional who wants to make sure that the fishies are okay. So if I am on a business trip on the other side of the state and I have a pretty nice fish tank, I want to make sure that my fishes are okay, all right? So I want the fish bit because the fish bit is going to allow me to, to check the pH levels in the water and whatnot, make sure that they're healthy, right? And they're getting everything that they need. Uh, Jack, the Wi-Fi guitar cable. Now, for the musician that would like to stream music from your instrument over Wi-Fi, the Jack uh, Kickstarter campaign, uh, this Wi-Fi guitar cable is just for you. So as a musician, I could see the value of this. And number 10, Personal Robot. Now, this one's just called Personal Robot, and it's number 10. It was a Kickstarter staff pick. I think of, like, the Jibo Um and the personal robot is my final pick, and I like it. The robot has many different uses, and think of it as sort of like a Siri or Cortana, in kind of like a, a physical form. Not really, but sort of. Uh, it has facial and object recognition, as well as features such as home automation, and uh, this made my final pick. Now let's think outside the box for this one, and, and look at this from a business perspective for a moment. I can see numerous customer service applications in the real world, and I'd like to see how this one pans out in the future. I mean, imagine walking into a restaurant, and instead of a hostess greeting you, you see a personal robot pretty much assigning you to a seat. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be some creep factor behind that, right? The world is not ready for the... Uh, robotics uh, industry to um to make a splash but it's out there you know there's there's companies out there like boston robotics and a couple a couple labs out there that, that are making pretty interesting applications for for robots so this isn't something of you know this isn't sci-fi anymore they're actively out there and these companies are are making big um uh, large 
strides in the field of robotics. Pretty impressive. Yes, yes, sir. So, um, yeah, and how this would compare to the G-Ball, only time will tell, all right? So I want to uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all of your time. I want to thank you for all of your support. And please feel free to give me back some feedback and share with me some of the ways that I can improve. I'm not perfect, but, um, you know, you're, you're there listening to episode four. And, you know, as we go through and eventually get into season, you know, two and three and whatnot, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get better with this and, and I'll take your advice. And I appreciate you listening to Tech Under the Sun. Thank you. Hey, if you're still there, catch me next week on my next podcast. All right, gotta go. Peace out.